behind home plate. We bringing it to him all day. All day. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. Always. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah. Section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. This is the episode you've been waiting for. I'm your dealing center host, Matt Sroka. And as always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. Uh, this, is, this is always one of the funnest episodes of the year. Yeah. Because if we get to look ahead... And I, you and I are at least generally hopeful. We're past the negative looking forward. That now we can be hopeful going into this year. Yeah, and for those who don't know what we're talking about, this episode is going to be dedicated to breaking down the Lamar Jackson situation. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like Josh said, we're optimistic about it. Should we? Uh, this is our 2023 prediction episode geared towards the Orioles. But do you want to throw a Lamar Jackson prediction in at the end? Oh sure, sure. Predict uh, where he'll be playing yeah, next year. Yeah, let's just yeah. add. Let's just add All that right. to the very end of the show. All right, I have a thought on that. I have a, I have a team in mind. I do as well. So, how are you doing? This is a the baseball starts uh, tomorrow. I thought that we got a primetime game tonight, but I checked all over the TV, and apparently, games don't start till tomorrow, as we record this on Wednesday night. Yeah. Because no, yeah, it's tomorrow. I'm feeling I'm feeling giddy about it. I'm giddy, Josh. The, I know. Can I you, don't know what the weather's like in Maryland right now, but today it was like 70 degrees in Georgia. It was perfect. Like it was opening day weather. It was totally opening day weather. I I mean, I'm in Florida. Every day's opening day weather. But can you explain why our dad texted us at 8:15 saying it's finally baseball season? I know there's that not prompt baseball no, game no games. Yeah, yeah. That prompted me. You know what I did? I went on the MLB network and it didn't have a game. And I said, oh, duh, it's a national or the MLB app. And I said, oh, it must be blacked out. So I shut that off and I went to YouTube TV. And I said, oh, yeah, YouTube TV doesn't have the MLB network. So I must not have it there. So then I go over to Google and find out there is no game. I have no clue why he's texting me at 815 at night. That's a text for one o'clock tomorrow when games start. Yeah, it was a, dis- a disappointing move by dad there. I don't know what he's watching. Yeah, but he's been watching a, a little, little two men uh, tarps basketball, women's basketball. Yeah, yeah, that's almost as disappointing as I feel like Friday is always a disappointing day too. You get so pumped for opening day, and then it's always like an off day on Friday. Oh yeah, Fridays. <laughs> yes, the off day Friday after opening day is the worst. It really we, is, and we got experienced that twice because we got we do that against Boston, and then we do that um, for for the Orioles when they come yeah. home too. At least for the home opener, we'll be together. We'll do something on Friday. Well, I'll probably be working. I'm going to be working on Friday from Maryland, but we'll do something Friday evening. Yeah. Or whatever. And we got games. So before we get into these predictions, I, I, I got a Birdland Sports announcement. Okay. All right. I have a Birdland Sports booth for the opening day home opener block party next week. Oh, nice. Pre game, you know, everyone hangs out. Uh, drinks uh, right by the 105.7 broadcast. 
So I'll have a booth there, and I've got like four different designs of Birdland Sports shirts I'll be selling. And I've got, I've got a stack of 2,000 flyers that have Birdland Sports on one side and Section 336 on the other side. Nice. So I figure I'm going to promote this product at the same time because I don't know if you've gone over, and we'll get to it a little later, about the podcast app. Have you searched Orioles in the podcast app? No, I've not searched Orioles in the podcast app. A lot of new people popping up this year. Oh, really? A lot, there's a lot of... Or, Orioles start to play well, and everyone wants in on the game. Yeah. So Everyone thinks they can do what we do. Everyone get out thinks here they with can that nonsense. do. So we got another great iTunes review we can share at the end. Oh, nice. But uh, because we've been doing it for 10 years. Yeah. Well, everyone else has been doing it for maybe 10 weeks, if they're lucky. Next Generation Ball Sports Talk, but Josh is still kicking it with the old school flyers. Let's go. I know. Well, here's I was trying to decide what to do, and I decided I need to do flyers because they said that there was 18,000 people that came through this block party last year. Yeah. And um, I'm not prepared for 18,000 people. Right. I also don't think 18,000 people will want to buy a shirt. So I have 2,000 free flyers to try to get people to go over to the website and go into their podcast app and checking us out during the during the game. Fair enough. It's good pre-listening. This episode actually is a good. This episode is, is a good pre-listening opening day morning. Um, oh, it'll. It's a great podcast. time. And, and when we're handing when I'm handing out those flyers that morning, it's a great time to tune in because we would have had this episode and we would have by then had our episode breaking down the first weekend of baseball. Yeah, so you will be, you're diving right in. This is Josh Shapai, your first booth since uh, FanFest. FanFest? I had a booth at FanFest? Didn't we one time we had a booth booth at FanFest? No, we've never, had a booth. No, we've never had a booth at FanFest. Uh, we didn't have a booth somewhere like that? Um, no, I, we've had a table set up. We've had a table set up. A table set up, yeah. At the at the Bowie Bay Sox game where we recorded, interviewed some players in the, in the yeah. tarmac. I thought we had something else. Maybe I'm misremembering. That. I don't think we've ever we've never done anything like this yeah. to promote promotion. Yeah, big on the promotion side. Yeah, no, we're really bad at it. In fact, yeah. I've got a stack of Section 336 business cards that I never hand out. Yeah, and so now I've got a whole bunch. I have of a stack cards. of personal business cards I never hand out. Yeah, I've got oh, personal cards. I got a whole bunch of those too <laughs> in the car. But uh, so this is something that's if you're. Going downtown, come by, say hi. Matt, I'm hoping I can get you to come and help me out a little bit because uh, it's a little. Uh, I, I did not sign up for a booth. booth. I, I don't I remember when I signed up for a booth. I you did not remember. sign up for a booth. I didn't sign up for a booth. You did not sign up for a booth. But I'm asking, hey, if any listeners want to help me out and help me out up, up at the booth before yeah, pregame, a, uh, send co- me a message. Co- coconuts. That's a coconut move right there. Yeah, that's totally a coconut move. Yeah. To uh, come hang out and help me out with flyers or selling shirts or something like that, because uh, it's definitely a a test for me to see how it does setting up a booth and selling shirts. Yeah, this is Especially, opening day. This is opening day before this the is, game. Before the game starts, this is nine a.m. until three p.m. Okay, so it's it's all morning down there. Okay, so make yeah. sure you're checking that out, and then. So you can come, if you're a coconut, you can come see me there. Maybe Matt will be by at some point. Yeah, 9 to 3. I, I think I can squeeze I mean, in a little bit. I I'm not Matt, doing a 9 to 3 shift, but I can squeeze in for I, an hour. I so. think you'll see Matt about 2.15 to 2.30. That sounds about right. Um, but also, then the other chance to meet up with us while we're in town in uh, Maryland is we're going to meet up on the Centerfield Bar on Saturday night at, let's say, 6 o'clock. 
Six o'clock, yeah. six o five, hour before the first pitch. We'll be wearing some three three six gear, I would imagine. Yeah, or probably some Birdland sports stuff. I don't do I have three yeah, I have three three six shirts. I could wear a three three six shirt. Hmm. Also, you probably know what we look like. Do they I though? guarantee you look you the listeners know more what we look like than what we know the listeners look like. Well that's true. But I have no but clue what the this is for the like. most part an audio platform. It is. You're aware of that. It is. I know. So maybe we'll just start talking up there and people would recognize the voices more likely. That's true. That's true. You'll probably recognize. We've had that happen to us before. So you're right. There's a good yeah. chance people recognize us by our voice. I'll start stuttering and people will flock to I've me. Got, I've got a gaudy uh, Birdland Sports sweatshirt that I'll show off next week for opening day. That mm-hmm. has the back covered in all the different characters and artwork from Birdland Sports shirts. Oh, nice. So I'll show that off next week. All right, cool. So I'll, it's, I think it'll be f- easy for people to find us. Yeah. Plus, yeah. guess where we'll sit during the game? 336. Yeah. I don't or 334, so. maybe. It uh, depends. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't bought the tickets yet. Yeah, it could be 332. Where, 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 do, you, do you know where we're at for opening day? I can tell you where we are. That's usually a wild card. Um, yeah, opening days uh, a little, um, a little bit different. A little bit different. What do they call that app? The ballpark app. Yeah. So all your tickets are in the ballpark app. So for opening day, I gotta open the tickets. And we got we got. I mean, in, we're wasting time. We got a lot to get to here. I gotta. I'm, I got some hot. Wait, there's the Grayson Rodriguez takes. Even right. before we get the uh, bold prediction, we got right. hot Grayson Rodriguez takes. To we're, get, to we're, get in section, we're in section 340 for opening day. We'll let okay. you know all those details next week because we've got a show still before the home opener. Okay. So let's focus on our 2023 predictions. After, before we get to predictions, let's talk about Grayson. Yeah, we got to talk hey, about Grayson. They, do we know the final roster yet? When, when are they going to tell us the final roster? I thought, I mean, is it not out yet? I don't think so. I think there's still a couple of decisions to be made, but I don't know. All the news today was like all the reporters getting uh, the storylines about, you know, what changed at Camden Yards. Here's the new hot dog. Look, we put in new carpet. Yeah. Some more gambling lo- logos. So, um, no, I mean, we know the rotation now. We don't know all the bench. We know spots. the first three, right? We know Boston. Yeah. And we, well, we know all five. Right. Oh, yeah. Five in terms of order. Left. Yeah. We yeah, know, yeah. as far as order, we know the first three. Right. Yeah. Um, Franchi Cordero, who we cut, was signed by the Yankees. They said he's going to make the open day roster for the Yankees. So it's good to see the guys that aren't good enough to make our team, our cast offs, are going to New York, are going to the Yankees. That's just, yeah. it, it's two franchises heading in different directions. <laughs> that's my that's my take the, on the Cordero side. Uh, the Yankees overrated might be part of my bold predictions later. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, so Grayson Rodriguez, official, he's not making the team. This is total a total example of the Orioles' mismanagement and don't know how to run themselves as an organization, and we need to just get rid of Peter Angelos, right? Well, I'm not – I don't disagree with any of that. <laughs> like, Except to get rid of the, Peter Angelos part. The Peter Angelos part. But no, <laughs> this is – are you in the same ballpark as me? This is like – it's not a – Grayson Rodriguez didn't play well enough, which is disappointing. But the fact that our rotation is good enough that we don't need Grayson Rodriguez is a good thing. Is that where you're at? Josh, right now, do you think Grayson Rodriguez is one of the top five starting pitchers on, 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 on this team? Apparently not. No. In the spring, <clears throat> he, he was is. not. In the okay. spring, he did not show a no. 
he struggled a lot with second uh, second time through the lineup. What about this argument that he was dominant at AAA, and what does he have left to prove at AAA? Quickly show me, because you if you're dominant at AAA, you'll show me. You were not dominant in Sarasota. You go up to Norfolk, you become dominant again, you're coming up. Oh, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Josh says spring training stats matter. Huh, they interesting. do. They do. Now, but they don't matter for Jordan Westbrook. It gets tricky. I think hmm. here's the here's the it's problem. Tricky, listeners. Problem, it gets tricky. The problem with Grayson Rodriguez is this was handed to him on a silver platter. All Grayson Rodriguez had to do was not screw up, and he instead he pitched seven uh, a seven point zero four ERA. He gave up eleven runs over ten and two third innings. Yeah, yeah, had seven walks. Strikeouts were good. Seven he walks, did, yeah. Right, a bunch of walks. He did get nineteen strikeouts for over the fifteen innings. Uh but I don't know how my which number's right there. How do I have nineteen strikeouts over fifteen innings and fourteen hits over ten and two third innings? One I don't of those numbers. It, is it's, wrong. it's fifteen innings. It's fifteen innings. 15 is innings. What he pitched. Yeah. So nineteen strikeouts. That's good. That's great. The walks was a problem, which means control was a problem. And I don't know. I mean, is more of the storyline is the storyline Grayson Rodriguez struggles, or is the storyline that Kyle Bradish and Tyler Wells both looked excellent in Sarasota? Are you talking about Kyle Bradish who had an ERA of six over six? Um, or are you talking about uh, Tyler Wells who had an ERA of five point seven four? Both of those. Or, numbers or are talking about Kyle Gibson who gave up actually more hits than anyone in in spring training. Yeah, but a team well, batted three or six against them. I'm not sure which one are you talking about that well, looked so awesome in spring training. Or Dean Kramer, who also was in the force. I'm yeah. saying ERA alone, everyone was better than Grayson Rodriguez. Yeah, runs alone, everyone was better than Grayson Rodriguez. Yeah, but you can't sit here and tell me that you think all these players are better than Grayson Rodriguez. No, but I think there's something Grayson Rodriguez is working on that's not ready yet. Oh, like, I don't know if it's a control issue or what it is, but there was something that wasn't translating that second time through the lineup, something that was leading to a lot of walks that in the end of the day, we talked last week about how we wanted the Orioles to do a six man rotation because we thought you couldn't leave Tyler Wells off this rotation. And the Orioles agreed. You couldn't leave Tyler Wells off this rotation. Unfortunately, you could leave Grayson Rodriguez off. Yeah, I was sitting about this for a couple weeks now. I'm not shocked or surprised by this at all. Um, Josh, is there any part of you, though, that thinks this might be a little bit of, yeah, performance, but also service manipulation? No, No, it's not service manipulation. No. Because they could have done it last year. They could have done it last year with Adley. Well, they did, Josh. No, they didn't. He got hurt. We all said he was ready to go a month before he got hurt. They could have called him up at any time a month before that. What, Adley? No, no, oh no, no! I'm talking about Grayson. Oh yeah, yeah. No, Grayson, Grayson. Last they year, they waited too long last year to call him up. They did wait too long last year. I will give you that. And Adley, but I don't. Josh, was... you tell you think Adley would have been there opening day if he didn't get hurt? Yeah, he would have been there. You, opening you did. Day. You, yeah. you, did. you feel confident about that? Yeah, I mean, they could have. They brought Gunnar Henderson up right away. They didn't try to do any service manipulation with Gunnar. Mm, that's debatable. I mean, he, they they made it so he still has his rookie status for the for for this year. They could have yeah, brought him if, up a little bit earlier. Yeah, but that doesn't give them an extra year or anything. 
doesn't give any more team control. It helps give him a better chance of winning Rookie of the Year. Isn't there some, like, I don't know, draft pick compensation or something if he wins Rookie of the Year? <laughs> if he wins Rookie of the Year? Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought it hurts you if he wins Rookie of the Year. I thought they want to they want to encourage teams to play their prospects when they begin the season. Maybe so, so. if he wins Rookie of the Year and he starts begin the season, you get an extra draft pick. I don't know. I don't know how those rules. But work. I don't know if that if since he played last year, if that goes into that. But Josh, here's here's my thing about it. Here's my thing about it. I don't disagree with you, and in fact, I, I kind of half disagree with you and half don't. The part that does not that agrees with you is, I, I I thought about this for a minute, and then I listened to what people were saying. Um, for 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 instance, you know, um. I'm blanked on his name. Ryan Ripken. Shoot, that was the only center in Matsuroka. Ryan Ripken, who is now you know all over social media, he came out with a video. Talked. He talked about how you know this makes sense. Grayson clearly something like you know you Grayson Rodriguez didn't pitch well. It makes sense they started the minors, and then other players like Brandon McCarthy, a former a former pitcher, he says you know he. He said he talked about how, from Grayson's perspective, you don't want to make your first start when you've been struggling. Like you want to come make your debut when you're kind of on the top of your game. So Brandon McCarthy was like, for Grayson Rodriguez, this is good for him because you don't want to start your MLB career not feeling yourself or feeling you're struggling. And then I also, and then Jim Palmer, right? Jim Palmer, yeah. he he tweeted out. He said all Grayson had to do to make the O's was pitch well, and he didn't. Um, and, and so you even have Jim Palmer coming out. So you have all these, and I know Orioles fan two, three, seven, four thinks this is an outrage and this is service time manipulation and thinks Michael Elias is a liar, but like baseball players, this makes sense to all that. Like this baseball players are in agreement with Michael Elias are in agreement with it's okay to hold Grace Rodriguez down until he kind of gets back on track. So in that respect, I'm, I'm with you, Josh. If we just look at this one decision in isolation, I'm with you. Where I'm yeah, not with you right, is you're trying to compare it to the history of the Orioles. The history, the last, even under Michael Elias' tenure, where Michael Elias, Michael Elias has repeatedly attempted to not win, right? Like, that's what I know about Michael Elias. He tries not to win. Yeah, even but, last year at the trade deadline, trading all his prospects away, trying not to win. Even this off, Josh, I wouldn't even be, if we just would have signed any top free agent, I would have been better with Grace Rodriguez not being here because we're clearly tr- tr- trying to win. But this is in line with Adley didn't start the season for whatever reason last last I year. Um, this is we're not signing any free agents. We're trading away play. Like this is after four years of tanking. This looks like the optics is here's another example of Michael Elias trying not to win. Correct. So in isolation, I agree with you. But on the other hand, Michael Elias has kind of lost all benefit of the doubt. Because he's not tried to win the past four years. Oh, really? You're you're gonna you're taking away all doubt because of, of the history before him. I don't know. I no, I'm talking about his at, history, not not even before. Uh, I'm talking right. about Michael Elias's history. But this team is not set up to lose. But are they set up, Josh, to win? <laughs> well, we're gonna get to that with our predictions. But I yeah. would say that they are not set up to tank. But did Michael Elias, has he done everything to win this year? Um, clearly, he didn't sign a big arm this offseason like he could have. And apparently, 
someone released last year the Orioles made what sixty four million dollars in when profit. the most profitable teams. Yes, yeah, profit. One of the most yeah. pro- profitable, te- profitable teams can, in all of baseball. Right. And from what I can tell, that did not include uh, concert money. Yeah. Josh, and that $64 million, you could yeah. take half of that, less than half, and sign a top rotation arm. No problem. Yeah. I had a see, I had that a could get anyone away. you want. I had a bigger takeaway. Yeah. You made $64 million last year. Right. And you still had to take down the sun sign. You still have to go out there and sell naming rights to the stadium. And when you yeah. made $64 million profit. So you can make $68 million profit. Right. You need yeah. to make $72, $80 million if you sell the sign and the naming rights. That's how much it's going to take for you to pocket to be happy. Yeah. And, and Josh, our attendance is, is going to be up. And we haven't really our, made bigger financial moves. So the team's going to make gonna be, $75 million this year. Attendance is going to be way up this year. Yeah. No question. There's already but payroll, but payroll is not going to be way up. I wish the Orioles started at home because this there's hype behind this team. People are excited for the season to start, um, and we have a, a we have a tough tough start. I mean, no, the first month Boston, is is easy. We're going to crush the first month, Jack. The first month Boston, is a joke. Boston, we're going to walk over everybody. Come to New York. Yeah, we're going to walk over these teams. And it's good because, I mean, we'll get to some predictions, but, I mean, I think our team is the weakest to kind of start the season. I think we'll get stronger because I would argue, you know, our two best pitchers didn't even make the team. Right. For whatever reason. Whatever reason you want to put on that, the two best pitchers on the team did not make the team. Oh, oh, you think think John Means is some type of manipulation by Michael Oh, it's the three best pitchers. Thank you, Josh. You you were counting D.L. Hall. D.L. Hall, Grace Rodriguez, and now John Means. Three best best starters are not even there. That's the weird part when I was going through and putting together my bold predictions is I really like this team the way it's constructed. I really feel like this team can win. But there's so many guys in the wings that are not part of this team yet that make this team better. Well, that's what happened last year. And you saw a big boost when Adley got here and another boost when Gunner got here. Right. And I think it's going to be the same way this year except on the pitching front. We're going Grayson, to have Grayson. John Means, it's kind of like the Adley role. DL. And then DL and then John. Um, well, I, I call him John because we're close like that. But I think th- th- those are the three big additions you're going to see this year on the pitching side. Yeah. But then, then the question is, do we see other additions as uh, come July time? If we see Kerstead, Kalzer, Westberg, any of these guys making their push? Yeah. Not to mention, this would be the ideal time to make a trade. So, um, And no one in baseball is in better position to make a trade for a, a top guy than the Orioles no. are. So Every time to this year. Every time any player in Major League Baseball, any active player gets hurt, you should look at the Orioles and see, hey, who do we have that could fill that role? Because we have guys in every position that we could trade. Yeah. I mean, that's why when um, the guy, uh, Gavin Lux for Dodgers got hurt, everyone said, oh, Mateo's the best fit. Then Altuve got hurt and people said, oh, Urias is the best fit. Um, So, yeah, I think we're going to hear these talks all spring training because – Urias leaves, Mateo leaves, and we don't miss a beat because we have we have prospects to back them up. And so I think it's going to be, yeah, an interesting interesting uh, even season with the trade. I mean, as far as teams wanting our players and us wanting their players, I, I think it could be pretty active come the trade deadline. No, how many but, times have we had trade deadlines? Uh, and for many of those trade deadlines, I remember – 
here's my constant memory of trade deadlines is it seems to always overlap with you and I down in the Outer Banks. Sure. And yes, we so we're talking about doing special say, episodes as we you say, wait. We'll yeah. do a, right, we're together. We'll do a special episode as soon as the Orioles make a trade, and then they don't. Right. This year, I'll give you a heads up. In my predictions, I've got us making three trades. Oh, my. So, And I'll tell you who when we get to that bowl of predictions. Okay, I got some trade talk, but I'm not as specific as that. Oh, wow. I got a couple of names, but I don't know. Oh, you're not being. I, I know who Josh has. Josh has Shoyo Tani. Orioles trade for Shoyo Tani. Oh, no, 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 no. I know that's I have, where Josh going. No, I have guys we that leave. Only okay, one yeah. Way. Oh, yeah. I got a couple of guys that leave too. I wonder if our list is the same. Yeah, I think so. I think there's at least uh, at least one surprise on my list. All right. So, um, how, how do you want to structure this show, Josh? You want to jump into bold predictions? You want to no. start simple with standings, records, let's start, let's start MBO. Simple. Let's start simple with standards, records, MVO, because I think as we get to our bold predictions, that kind of explains why we did this, why we did that. So, like, like let's unveil our standards, and then my bold predictions will tell you how I came up with that number. All right. What's, so, so what do you have? How many, how so, many wins do you have the Orioles winning this year, Josh? So I want to um, give you the end of the story first. Okay. But by the way, I, I saw um, our, our friend, friend of the show and personal friend, Eric RDT, um, yeah. He 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 tweeted out this thing about like you know, share your win total and stuff. Did did you see this tweet? And people no. could share how many wins. Anyway, I looked at it because people could say how many wins, and there was a bunch of questions. And I would say, Josh, you know what the average Oriole fan? Well, what would you say the average the the average was in terms of what do you think Oriole fans? How many games are they going to win? Eighty three. Yeah, I would say it was probably closer to like eighty six or eighty seven. All right, hey, last year it was eighty three wins, so that's yeah. why I was going with that number. Yeah. So, all right, I have the Orioles landing in third place this year. All right. Third place in the AL East. All right. I have them making the playoffs from third place as a wild card. Okay. Do you want my number? Sure. Yeah, give me your number. I mean, I wasn't sure if you wanted this year. Oh, I have have them at second place. I have them at second place. Okay, good, good. I have them at 90 wins. Okay. I have we're, the blue, right, we're right there. I, I, I have the Blue Jays. All right, I've got the Blue Jays and Yankees ahead of them. I debated with the Yankees back and forth. That's where I'm at. I'm at Blue Jays, Orioles, Yankees, Rays, Red Sox, and that's where I, in the end, I put Yankees at 91 wins, Orioles at 90 wins, kind of uh, back and forth. I feel like the Yankees are overrated, but the Yankees also spend money and do what it takes to win. Yeah, if they're not happy at the trade deadline, they they will get the guy. If right. you talk about a, a guy that somehow they can figure out a way to get Otani or something, that's if they can make a splash. If anyone can do it, it's them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, Judge looked great; had a great season last year, so he's going to continue that. I imagine it's hard to imagine him though being as good as he was last year, right? right. That seems like he might take a step back. And I think because of that, and they've I, already been bit by the injury bug a little bit too. Right. I think at least three uh, playoff spots are coming out of the AL East, but I think it could even be four. Yeah. I mean, I the think, Blue Jays look stacked. I mean, I, I think the Blue Jays look really good this year. Yeah, we agree, both agree with that. Blue Jays at the top. Uh, Yankees and Orioles can compete in there. And the Rays, if the everything Rays goes right for the Rays, they're always in it. The yeah. Red Sox are crap this year. Yeah. We'll <laughs> I'm, see. I'm, I'm putting them all the way at the bottom. I mean, I'm putting them at the bottom too, but they'll probably still have a better record than a bunch of teams in these yeah. other divisions because the AL East is good. Yeah, the AL East is good. Um, it's interesting to look at there's like breakdowns that show like strength of schedules. And I think it's ridiculous now because 
they always say, oh, look, the Orioles have a harder schedule now that they're not playing in the AL East all the time. Um, yeah. Which, in my mind, doesn't make any sense because the AL East is always just a batter and ram. Yeah. So. Well, and I was, it would always make me laugh when the Orioles were bad and and and, and they would talk about certain schedule. And I said the schedule was unfair because right. everyone in the AL East got to play the Orioles except for the Orioles. The Orioles never got to play the Orioles. Right. And we could win some games if we could play the Orioles, but that's no longer the case. Right. And now they're saying that the Orioles' strength of schedule is worse, even though we play all the teams, because we still play the AL East more than everyone else. Because there's still a slight adjustment. Right. But the difference is what you're going to see because of that is more teams make the playoffs from the AL East than all the other divisions. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the American American League, though, is pretty wide. I mean, last year, I mean, the Orioles finished with 83 wins, and they were still fourth place. So that that means, like, everyone but Boston finished with a record over 500, well over 500, right? right? Yep. Um, So it's just a good division. But I think, like, teams got better this year. Like, I think – um, I think the Twins will be good this year. Uh, the Guardians and White Sox are, are going to be good. I think the, I mean, the Astros, of course, are going to be good. The Mariners, I think, are going to build off last year and be good. The Angels, I think, will be good. I mean, you have to be good when you have Otani and Trap, but we've been saying that for a while. The Rangers made a lot of moves this offseason. Yeah. They're going to be better. I just think the American League is more wide open than the National League. And that's where people like to downplay what the Orioles did this offseason because the Orioles didn't make a big move this offseason. But I think... And I didn't do this, and I should. There's probably some scientific, mathematic way to do this formula, and it's probably not that hard. But I didn't know how to do it because what people aren't accounting for is they're looking at last year's Orioles and said, "Oh, they got 83 wins." The way I looked at it, and the way I came up with my 90 wins, is we saw the team get better with Adley. We saw the team get better with Gunner. What if both those guys started at the beginning of the season? Yeah, and that's where I came up with the seven more wins. Well, and that combined with the fact, and I've talked about this before on a daily when we did those great, uh, you have great, great, Grace Rodriguez is going to be here. That's an upgrade. Um, you also have John Means, who didn't play what pitched like one or two games last year. You have him, he's right. going to be coming back. DL Hall, I think, is going to be a contributor this year. So, and and the other thing I think, Josh, because in my, my calculations, I always think about this who are going to be sellers and, and buyers, or who's going to be sellers and buyers at the, at the trade deadline? And Michael Elias keeps on fooling me, so I shouldn't get fooled again. But no, I, I, I think the Orioles will be buyers this trade deadline. We're buyers. Yeah. So I think we'll get better as the season goes on. But I think to start the season, you're right, with Adley and Gunner, we're already starting at a better point than where we started last year. And we'll yes. get better as the season goes on. That's how so, I feel. Yeah, I'm pretty optimistic, too. Uh, are you putting your money on Gunnar Henderson for Rookie of the Year? Um... I mean, he's he's the favorite. I don't like. I usually don't like putting money on the favorite. I think this kid, uh, what's his name, Volpe or something, who was announced as the starter for the Yankees. I think Anthony Volpe is going to be tough competition because he's a shortstop for the Yankees, and because he's in New York. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he's going to get all the media coverage. So I think that's going to be tough competition. Um, but yeah, I mean, but the, just the fact that Gunner will bat near the top of the lineup and play every day. Puts him as a favorite for rookie of the year, and so so yeah, yeah. I think it's if I was a betting man, which I'm not anymore, um, I would bet Gunner for rookie of the year. I am as well. Uh, we should. We never talked about the fact that the Orioles opened a sports book, but it's not a sports book. Oh, I didn't know that. Whatever uh, the the Dempsey replacement. Yeah, it's called like sports book. Okay, but it's not a sports book. Is that what the new sign is above the scoreboard yeah, too? It's a new. Uh, I don't know about that. 
But yeah, it's a new bar called Sportsbook, but they don't have a gambling license. So they're telling you to come in, sit down, and place bets on your phone. Because <laughs> you, so Orioles, it's typical yeah. Orioles. It's oh yeah, no, we so want weird. a sports book, but we're not going to do the work for a sports book. Yeah, that's so, so funny. So I what's imagine, the difference between that and a bar? I don't know. Right, I don't you, know. I imagine decide. they couldn't work out a deal with DraftKings or Barstool or one of these Fanduels, whatever. Yeah, and it'll come in the future. Um, I uh, let's see. All right, you want to get to some bold predictions? Hey, before that, I mentioned we can do like biggest surprise, biggest disappointment. I want to put this as, oh, and an, an MBO. So, Josh, who for you is going to be the most valuable Oriole this year? Oh, I have that right down here, Cedric Mullins. Oh, really? Yes. I wow. went with Cedric Mullins. Okay, I'll, I'll bet you on that one. <laughs> you want to bet on that one? Who do you have? I, I my reasoning is. The top of the order, I think he's going to have a bounce back year. I think he's going to get on base a ton. I think he's going to move on the bases a ton. Yeah. And that's why I'm going with uh, with Cedric Mullins. I think anyone who goes with anyone not named Adley Rutschman is being too cute. The answer is Adley Rutschman. It's not even close. He's going to win. You can give it to him right now. I, I will put my house on it that he will win the MBO. Like It's, it's no doubt about it. He is, you know, he's, I, he's the best player. He's going to win it. I also went with Cedric Mullins because I knew you'd go with Adley Rushman, it's, and I needed, I needed something different. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of people put other things to be cute with it, but you're just being cute. Everyone knows Adley Rushman's the best player. It's going to be Adley Rushman. Barring injury or something. Shoyu Otani will win the MVP. Adley Rushman will win the NBO. Those things are already done. I don't know why we're playing games. All right. Um, biggest surprise, uh, a guy that maybe not people are talking about, but you think will, will surprise. The biggest surprise... Uh, Jorge Mateo. Okay. That Jorge Mateo is going to take a step up. He's going to get on base more. He's going to move around. That I think Jorge Mateo makes a splash this year. Oh, that Josh, that would be amazing for our outside. team. It would, be, it would be amazing, yeah. And yeah, like, there's and, no talk of getting rid of him. That we He establishes himself as part of the future here. Yeah, because now I think people are kind of mixed on him. Like They, they think, oh, he could be good or oh, he could be benched by June and not play anymore. Um. It was interesting too, Josh. A couple of spring training games, they threw him out in center field. Uh, I mean, maybe that's preparing him for a super utility role where he can play all over the place. That might be interesting too. Yeah, I think I think especially with the new rules on pickoff attempts on the larger bags, there's going to be a big push to get Mateo on base, and that means he's got to play somewhere. Yeah, my um my 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 biggest surprise is going to be um, a guy who I think will end the season as the best pitcher for the Orioles. And that's my man, D.L. Hall. He's my biggest surprise. I think when we look back, at the end, by as the end of the year, he's going to be the best pitcher on the team, starting for the Orioles by the year. So that's my pick, D.L. Hall for biggest surprise. Okay. I think all this stuff about Grace Rodriguez, people are sleeping on, sleeping on D.L. Hall a little bit. I, I big fan of D.L. Hall. I'd love to see it. Any right. biggest disappointment the other end? Some guy I you hate, think I ah, hate the biggest. I, I know, Josh, because you're all sipping the orange cool cool aid and it's about yeah. to be opening day and we're my all everyone's gonna be awesome. Yeah. My biggest disappointment is that Ryan Mountcastle puts up kind of a down year just like last year. Oh, really? That that Mountcastle does not bounce back, and we're sitting here like looking at for a first baseman of the future. 
Yeah, that would be a disappointment. I think a lot of people are expecting kind of a bounce back year. Um, even though he wasn't bad last year, I think a lot no. of people are expecting him to be better this year. Right. He wasn't bad, but he didn't take a step up. Right. So what's your biggest disappointment? My guy, listen, he's another guy similar to Ryan Mountcastle, where last year you're like, you really want to like this guy. You're just waiting him, waiting for him to take the next step, and he hasn't yet. Um, and I think this could be it for him, and that's Austin Hayes. We see kind of another crop of young outfielders coming, and I think if Austin Hayes doesn't have a great year, Kerstad or Kowser could be taking his spot. So um, a big year for Austin Hayes. So yes. I, I hope it's not true, but I could see. Very um, similar. <laughs> yeah, very similar to my prediction with Ryan Mountcastle. Yeah. Guys that you really need to step up and show that they're part of the future here. Yeah. All right, Josh. So we're both very time now for full predictions. Optimistic about the Orioles. And I think got a a little ahead of myself on the button. No, do it, Josh, because I think our bold predictions then is going to reflect the fact that both of us have the Orioles winning 90 and 90 plus games. So I think that will reflect on these bold predictions. We're we're going in this optimistic about we're setting ourselves up to be really disappointed or we're yes. accurately predicting how good this team is and we're gonna have some good bold predictions i believe we're accurate accurately time now for bold predictions all right you want to start sure i'll start um jorge mateo and cedric mullins guys i've mentioned already both get over 30 stolen bases with cedric mullins getting 50 stolen bases oh wow that's my prediction. That's my bold prediction. I have a stolen, bold stolen base prediction too, Josh. Well, why don't you go with that? Bring that one up now. I, I will. Thank you for for um, suge- suggesting that. No, but here's the thing. Here's here's the thing interesting about stolen bases. What do you think about this? I was thinking about this. The the, the bigger bases we've talked about, um, and also like the you can only do two pickoff attempts, and that's what we talked about in terms of stealing bases. What about Josh? Do you think the pitch clock? Will base runners be able to time if you take too long to throw to the plate? Will base will base runners yes. be able to time when the pitch is going to be thrown and get a bigger jump to second base? Yes. There's also limited uh, pickoff attempts as well. Yeah, just two. Yeah. So yes. So with that, my my stolen base prediction is. I mean, think about it. You take two attempts to pick them off. That guy can now take a huge lead. Well, yeah, you can still throw over there. But you have to get him out. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway, so my um, my prediction is Mateo, Jorge Mateo, Cedric Mullins, and I'm throwing in Gunnar Henderson will combine for 100 stolen bases. Okay. So you kind of agree with me. I like this. I like this. I thought I was going out on a limb with stolen bases as a bold prediction. You went in the same direction. I like. Yeah, this. it would be too bold to say just Mateo and Mullins. So I'm giving. I'm going to say Gunner's going to get in there with 15 to 20 stolen bases. He had 22 last year in the minors. So if he can get in there with 15 to 20 um, to finish it off, and if we can get 80 out of uh, Mateo and Mullins, like you predicted, yeah. So we're on the same page. We did not share both predictions ahead of time, but we're nah. on the same page with the stolen bases as well. We didn't share any of these predictions ahead of time. I'm glad we're on the same. This is normally where. In the past, we'd have Bert join us, and you and I'd be on the same page, and Bert would be like, I predict 15 stolen bases total. Yeah, yeah. So I like this. Um, also, do you have a prediction about the All-Star game? No, I don't have any All-Star game predictions. Okay. I have a, Now tell me if I'm being a little too bold on this. Do I have a thought on who's going to make the All-Star game? I have five players making the All-Star game. Okay, I have two. 
for the Orioles. I put Gunner and Adley. I got Adley and Batista. Picks. Yeah, yeah. I have Batista. Okay, again, as an obvious pick. But I also put Cedric Mullins uh, because I know the out- he wouldn't be a starter, but I feel like just like he got the Team USA nod when he's playing this well and stealing this many bases, he's going to get the nod. And then surprise, bold prediction. Yeah, I got Kyle Bradish. Ooh, nice. Uh, representing the Orioles. Yeah, I feel like in some respect, pitchers are easier because it's based more on stats, whereas yes, um, the hitters it's it's much more on just name recognition. Fan favorites, yes. Cool. So that's why Adley, I think, is a lock because everyone kind of knows Adley's name. Um, yeah, I, I just have Adley and Batista, so I think it would be bold. I think if we got more than two, I think that would be bold. Yeah, I think Gunner again with the name people like to vote. Like he's got a cool name. That's part yeah. of the vote, fan vote. Yep. So, Everyone's talking about having his favorite for a rookie of the year. Right, yeah. exactly. So I, that's why I'm going with five uh, to be bold. All right, that's bold. Um, I'll share my next one. This is not all-star, but this is MVP. I think Adley Rutschman will finish in the top three of MVP voting. So not one, okay. but top three in MVP voting. Okay. And if the Orioles do make the playoffs, and if they do finish second in the division, which I think they will, they certainly will get some love for their best player in the MVP voting. So that's why I'm going with Adley at, number, at top three MVP voting. I I wrote this down as a, a kind of postseason nod that uh, this week the MLB The Show came out on Tuesday. Yep. How many hours have you already played it? I haven't played it yet. Oh, I played it. Do you have it? Yeah, I got I, I got it the the day it came out. I, I was so, stuck watching the baby, and I said I need something to do. I watch the baby, and I right, just well, got it. And I played well, one game. Let's play. Let's play right. some time. I bought it, but I pre-ordered it, and I forgot that it came out until today. Oh yeah, I so. checked. I just got it yesterday. I checked it was that. Yeah, so, we, we we could we should stream it on Stitcher. Yeah, or on Stitcher. Is that a th- what is what it is called? Stitcher? I don't know. Twitcher. Twitcher. Twitch on Twitch. Yeah. But yeah, we'll stream right. it on here. We'll stream it on our section 336. We'll that's play and we'll stream it. All right. Um, my prediction is that next year's MLB the show cover athletes is Gunner and Adley together. Because I think Adley has a huge year, like you're saying, MVP running. Gunner gets rookie of the year, and they decide to put them both on the cover together. Wait, your bold prediction is for an MLB The Show yes, cover for next year? <laughs> yes, it is. That's okay. one of my bold predictions. Okay. I had to, I, I like to think of bold predictions that you would not think of. I was not thinking of that one. So I, I thought that was a good one that I thought of when I realized the game came out today. I said, oh, we have a legit shot that we could have a cover athlete next year. All right. I'm trying to align my bold predictions with yours, but I have nothing to go off that one with. Um, <laughs> I think you would. This I already mentioned, so I'll say it here. Um, my bold prediction is that DL Hall will be our best starting pitcher by the end of the year. So that's my bold prediction for DL Hall. Okay. That's definitely bold. Because it's 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 interesting because it, with DL Hall, Grayson Rodriguez, and John Means, it takes more than to get them into the starting rotation means other people have to move out. Of yeah, the yeah rotation. we're gonna fit them. That's there's three guys that, that are not really on the rotation tricky. now. Right, yeah. right. You're talking three out of five. <laughs> like yeah. most of your rotation, you're saying that by the end of the year we have a completely different rotation. Yeah, but also let's not get it twisted. The 
first of all, people get injured. I mean, I have no doubt that every starting pitcher is not going to stay healthy the whole season. But the other thing is, Josh, so much of this season is our success is dependent upon Cole, uh, Cole Irvin and Kyle Bradish and Kyle Gibson, so much and Dean Kramer, so much of our success. If things do not go as I think they are, it's going to be because of starting pitching. That's why. Um, I I think if things go off the rails, it'll be because Cobb Bradish can't figure it out and Dean Kramer regresses and um, Kyle Gibson and Corvin are just okay but not good. They're just average. I, that's where things go south for us. Um, but the good thing for the Orioles is if one of those guys struggle, we do have Grayson Rodriguez, who I think will be there in no time. And then I think right after Grayson, D.L. Hall's coming. And then right after that, John Means will be back. So the, uh, as, as you like game. to say that the the Calvary is coming. Right. <laughs> your Calvary yeah. 3.0. Yeah. The, uh, ca- the Calvary is on the way. And I believe your Calvary prediction with that timeline would be that you're calling all three of them up and in the rotation before July. Yes. Which makes it tricky because it means you're then getting rid of guys. Well, I'll roll into my bold prediction of trade candidates. All right. I got a, I got a bold prediction with trades too. All right. Here's the three guys I'm saying the Orioles trade this June and July time frame. I'm going to start with the pitchers because we got to make room in this starting rotation. I think Kyle Bradish has an excellent year. I think Kyle Bradish becomes an all-star candidate because he pitches so well, but we trade him off. We trade him off because teams are always looking for pitching, and we need to make room in our rotation. I think we also trade off Kyle Gibson because he's just a placeholder. I think Cole, I think Cole Irvin ends up pitching better than Kyle Gibson, and we like how Cole Irvin is meshing with the team and his fast release. So I think Cole Irvin stays. Gibson and Bradish get traded, and then I'm gonna just. I, throw Josh, out can I just say I thought we were trying to add to the roster. You're not trading prospects. You're trading away major talent. Are we? I'm playing. Going I'm back into away. rebuilding mode. Is that no, what's happening this season? No, I've got guys behind. I'm trading away Kyle Gibson and Kyle Bradish because I don't like Kyle's. Okay, but I'm really trading away because I have John Means and Grayson Rodriguez to take those slots. All right, and John Means and Grayson Rodriguez are both better than Kyle Gibson and Kyle Bradish, but these guys are pitching well enough that I can get stuff from them because everybody needs pitching. Then, in the same regard, I think Anthony Santander gets traded. As well oh my gosh, Josh! You're trading away all the major talent. What are you I'm, doing, this team? Because you're going this full team, tank mode. You're gutting the team. Because I this can't believe team, I'm hearing this. This because Kerstead's going to push his way up, and this team you're going to look at. I because Michael Elias is looking at this beyond this year, and he's looking at the next five years, and I don't think Santander is part of the next five years. Oh, I can't wait to hear Buster only after this trade deadline. Wow. No, I'm telling you, we've got to make big moves. The nice thing is we're trading big guys. Like, I mean, we got to trade those three guys to get a Tommy. Yeah, I don't, I don't I know. Mean, if the can, we're not going to get. Deal. We're not going to get a Tani for. Uh, we're not going to get a Tani for prospects, especially low level prospects, because we don't want to trade our A level prospects. We need them up here. Our A level prospects are better than all three of these guys. All right, that that's a bold prediction. I that's, went a little differently with it. That's why Time now for bold predictions. My. Uh, I have three players traded too. Okay, all My, you're picking all minor leaguers. You're picking 
Colton Kowser, Jordan Westberg. Who are you picking? Colton Kowser, Jordan Westberg, and Connor Norby. Is that really your prediction? That's really my prediction. I don't know why I, 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 I didn't go with Connor Norby. It's so predictable. You're saying that this major league roster is so good that he's going to have to trade triple-A guys. Josh, I'm saying uh, if you want to get, and my other prediction that's tied to it, is that the Orioles will acquire a top-20 player at the trade deadline, a top-20 player. If you want a top-20 player from a team that's going into rebuild mode, what do they want? They want prospects. What do we have more of than anybody in baseball? We have prospects. prospects. Yes. And so I think... I, I mean, I, I don't know if, if Connor Norby will be better than whatever, but I know we have Joey Ortiz. I know we don't need three shortstops. Right, right, right. And, and so you can – and even if you don't think Mateo is the future, which, by the way, if you if Mateo is good like you think he is and he takes the next step, then we have no need right. for a Jordan Westberg on this team. Um, and, and, and Norby at second base, again, I think he's expendable. Um, and then Colton Kowser, I'm really high on Heston Kerstat, so I think Colton Kowser becomes expendable. And so I think this is the whole reason you have prospects now is when you're in a playoff run, you can trade some of these guys and get a top player back. So I expect Michael Elias to not trade major talent, but to trade prospects um, and get a, and get a, a top player at the trade deadline. That's my bold prediction, that we finally trade some top, some top prospects for talent. All right, I can see it. It's two different angles. You're saying trade the prospects to bring big arms in right away. I'm saying we watch that injury route, and as teams have players that go down, we trade them active guys who are ready to go now. Right, and our prospects can fill in on the door. Yeah. So, both both good problems to have. Yeah, I mean, it's just two ways of solving having too many talented players. Yeah. All right. Did you make any predictions about home runs? No prediction about home runs. I, I usually just have one more prediction. All right. All right. Uh, outside of the Lamar prediction. Yes, outside of Lamar prediction. Okay. Well, my last prediction for the Orioles is home runs. All right. What's your home run prediction? My home run prediction is that Adley and Gunner both get 25 home runs. Okay. I like that. How many, I don't have their numbers in front of me. Do you know how many they had last year? I mean, I think Adley only had like 12 or something, right? And Let's see. Um, I know he... I, had a lot of doubles. And Gunner, too, had a lot of doubles, I feel like. Uh, that's I, I like that. Um, I don't think we can use the power on this team. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's got to – I think there's adjustment to the wall. I think there was so much of Trey Mancini complaining about that wall last year. Well, and and, and, and Adley's a switch hitter. And so he bats mostly left, which is our right. Um, so that's an advantage, you know. You're not hitting – I mean, I think the disadvantage are right – like Ryan Matcastle. He's at a disadvantage being a right-handed hitter, um, but the majority of 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 um, Rutschman's bats is going to be left-handed, and Gunnar Henderson's a left-handed hitter. So I think both of those guys could conceivably. Last year, our home last year Santander had thirty-three, Ryan Mountcastle had twenty-two. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you, but you said Rutschman and yeah. So and, I'm just setting the level. Rutschman okay. had thirteen last year. Yeah, that and Gunnar had four. Yeah, but Rutschman had a ton of doubles. So if yeah. some of those doubles can turn to home runs, he had, yeah, he had thirty-five doubles. Yeah, it's a ton. So you figure if some of those add. Yeah, on, he led the team in doubles, and he and missed you, the beginning of the season. Right, yeah. and you play a full season, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna get some. 
you think leading the team in doubles means you come back and hit more home runs? Well, I think with a, a young player who's still working into his power, I think doubles turns into home runs often. Yeah. You know who you know who had the same number of doubles and tied him for the team lead last year? I do, actually. <laughs> okay. The guy who the guy who you uh, said is his last chance. Yes, yes. Austin Hayes. Yeah. All right. Let's get to your final bold prediction. All right. Mine's actually in terms of playoff roster. A guy who <laughs> oh, I th- playoff roster. Okay. Yeah. A guy who I think is going to be on the playoff roster. All right. Do you All know right, who my so- bold prediction is for this guy is going to be on the playoff roster? Oh, is he currently in the system? He's currently in the system, but currently not on the 40 man and Kirstead. currently not. Kerstat. Yep, Heston Kerstat. My bold prediction is that Heston Kerstat will be up in time to make the playoff roster for the Orioles. I like that prediction. I'm thinking. I'm thinking the same thing. I'm right on board. I was thinking July timeframe for him. Once you trade Santander. Mm, Yeah, I I mean, I think you can, right, play with a DH position there. Yeah, you can make room. I I know you can make room with him on the team with and still have. um, Yeah, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Yes. But yeah. All right, that's all I got. Josh, this is a good list. Yeah, I think this is fun, fun, another fun list, another fun episode of uh, bold yeah. predictions. So this just guarantees that none of that will happen, but we had a lot of fun talking about it. Um, well, last year the Orioles won 83 wins. Do you remember what prediction we made? I don't know. I think Do you we remember any of our bold predictions. I mean, we were optimistic because we always are. I don't know if we were 83 optimistic. But... Uh. You predicted 79 wins, and I predicted yeah. 78 wins, Yeah, which is pretty funny that even this year we're one win. You're one win ahead of me. Yeah, and that was when Vegas predicted, what, like 62 wins or something. So we were way ahead of Vegas. And Vegas this year, too, is is so low in the Orioles. I I really can't believe it. I can't believe how low Vegas is in the Orioles. You see and who Vegas knows? is smarter than me, but I'm just Vegas, really surprised by that. Vegas also has... Brandon Hyde as the first manager fired of the year. Oh, does he really? Do they yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't understand. Vegas clearly is not drinking enough orange Kool-Aid. Yeah. I mean, if things go south, maybe. I, I mean, if they predict the Orioles have a bad record, I guess that would also make sense you, with Hyde being fired. You predicted last year that Mount Castle would be rookie of the year. Mount Castle? No. That, yes, that's yes. My notes right here say Matt Mount Castle rookie of the year. Mount Castle wasn't a rookie last year. You sure he didn't get fold into rookie kind of like Gunner is this year? No. No. Are you looking at the notes from from last year or from like two years ago? What what year are no, you? It's gotta be at? from last year because it was pod uh, maybe it's uh, maybe it's two years. Maybe this is two right. years. But I don't right. understand. I don't know. Maybe this is two years ago because it's pod four twelve. Yeah, because that would be what season yeah. 2021. But here's the problem. Yeah, me he could have been a rookie then. Yeah. But here's what's throwing sense. me off. Is yeah. in the bottom of our bold predictions. Yeah. It says Matt, June 4th, Josh, July 6th. Oh, for um debuts? For Adley Rushman. Yeah. So that's why I assume that this was last year's predictions. Yeah. But it, you're right, it can't be. Yeah. Or maybe that. Are you sure it wasn't Rutschman Rookie of the Year? That doesn't make sense. It, yeah. I don't know. And you wrote down Mancastle? <laughs> Maybe, but I doubt it. All right. Well, I don't know. You also, it also said that Mountcastle was going to hit 40 home runs right under that. was your prediction. 
that was a stupid prediction by me if I said that. Yes. I don't know. I'll have to go back and check the tape. Because that was last year's when they moved the wall back. And why would Mount Castle hit any home runs with the wall that's, that's further back? True. So, I mean, if anyone's going to hit – Josh, do we have any – where who's going to hit the warehouse? Do we have any no one's warehouse predictions? The warehouse. Why would anyone hit the warehouse? It hasn't been hit in its entire existence. Yeah, so it's just, so it's due, right? Isn't that what you're saying? It's due? It's due. It's, it's due, right. Yeah. Though it was fun I mean, seeing Griffey out with the Team USA a couple weeks ago. Um, people talk about Hessen Kerstad's power. He's a lefty. Maybe Kerstad can do it. Man, I don't know. If Chris Davis couldn't do it, I don't think anyone will ever do it. Yeah. So, but who Maybe knows? we need to bring in the warehouse a little bit closer. They keep uh, <laughs> move the warehouse. Yeah, move the warehouse in. You can move home plate out a little bit. Yeah. All right. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Lamar it's Jackson. It's the only nation. story everyone's talking about in Baltimore this week. Across but, the nation, Josh. This is the, the big country. story. I know. Gosh. I was I was out to lunch uh, when his Twitter blew up or whatever because he tweeted at the same time as John Harbaugh's speech. Yeah. And uh, and every TV was like on a different sports channel, and they all went to Lamar Jackson talk. Yeah. Which was like breaking news, but also like not breaking news to anyone who's been following the story. Right. Exactly. And then uh, right. And that's my favorite thing is it doesn't really change anything in the story. But I like actually my favorite part of the story is people. Digging into the entire gym. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many layers here. To be honest, Josh, I'm a little befuddled by the whole thing. First of all, um, I'm irritated by the whole thing because Lamar Jackson's one of not just one of the best players, the most exciting player in all of sports. And the fact that the Ravens possibly could have lost out on Lamar Jackson for whatever reason, you can blame who you want to blame. It's just it's sad for all the fans because he's amazing. Um, the other thing that kind of blows me away about this whole situation is Lamar Jackson's the top, what, eight, ten, ten at the most. You can narrow it down yeah. to, to six or seven pl- quarterbacks in the league. Everyone knows you don't do anything consistently in the NFL without a quarterback. Right. Look at all the teams that make the playoffs. Every now and then you got someone sneaks in there. If you want to make the playoffs like Brady, Mahomes, like you got to have a quarterback if you want to yeah. consistently make the playoffs. And here's Lamar Jackson who's a legit top superstar quarterback. If I'm another team, I don't understand. Like, I understand the Ravens' perspective. The, the I don't understand the other teams' perspective. Take all my draft picks. Give me Lamar. Lamar Jackson can walk onto any team in the NFL, and that team immediately yeah. becomes a playoff contender. Correct. But, I mean, you the You can say all the butts you want. I just want Lamar. But, but go ahead no, and say your butt. But you want Lamar for 16 weeks, and Lamar doesn't play 16 weeks. Yeah, I, I don't believe that. I, yeah. I don't. I don't believe he's. I think he's worth the risk. He has. I would rather have season. that risk than have this than had have Kirk Cousins or have a Carson Wentz. I get, I get that, but then are you want? Do you want to then pay a guy guaranteed money for that long and a cap hit? Look at the cap hit of Deshaun Watson. It's thirty five million a year. Yeah. No, I get it, Josh. But my point is, I don't understand why teams aren't even trying. It feels like they're not even trying. And maybe they are in the, uh, the oh, back. I, I know what that. That's the, that's the, uh, that's just the owner's club. That's the collusion. owner's club of saying it's not collusion, but it's all of them without speaking saying we're not signing a deal like Deshaun Watson. Josh, that's the other thing that irritates me. A lot of things irritates me about this story. The It's like we have been destroying the Browns our entire, we stole the Browns franchise. They weren't being kicking their butt the entire existence of the Ravens and the Browns. We've been kicking their butt. 
And yet these diabolical Browns owner, like I was, everyone's questioning, well, why did they sign to John Watson for all that money, given all his off the field stuff? This is diabolical. They did it in a way to screw over the Ravens. We have been screwed (laughs) over by the Browns in this most epic way. So props to the Browns. And you know what it is? Destroying us and destroying our chances of keeping Lamar Jackson. It's it's kind of a brilliant move by them. But it makes it so bad. It falls right in line with Jim Ursay coming out and talking about him being the one owner talking about how he'd like to have Lamar. Yeah, that the, there's that like the all our ghosts from the past are coming like out. To, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So. But Judge, does this feel like too? This feels like a, like a Manny Machado Oriole situation. Like this isn't Ravens. This doesn't feel like Ravens to not be able to get along with a player and get a deal done. It's this feels but, like an Orioles thing that's not happening to the Ravens. And you can blame Lamar for the guaranteed money and stuff. But also, like, how come this? How did it get to this point? It's a lack of an agent. It's a lack of an agent. So there's no one to have a simple conversation. There's no one to not let it get emotional to Lamar. Well, and that's fine, Josh. But at the end of the day, the Ravens want Lamar, and they're not going to have him. So you can blame you can blame the agent. You can blame this and that and that. But the point is, you want him on your team. But we've been told the Ravens have made him very good offers. That's fine, but you still want him on your team, don't you? Yeah, and I think it's yes, but remember, the Ravens have a have a have a chance. Anyone can make him an offer, and they can match it. Right. So they're like, it's basically saying, "Go out and negotiate. Tell, find out what you're worth, and we'll pay you." Right. They did it with Ray Lewis years ago. Remember when he traveled around and went to Dallas and stuff, and then we said, "All right, we'll just pay you that." Yeah, but Josh uh, Lamar doesn't have anyone to negotiate. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem. That's a little awkward. Mom and yeah. Ken, whatever is going around, calling. It, it, it yeah it depends the 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 total gym guy yeah the total gym guy who stole his terms of service from tonal gym and didn't change it in the terms of service yeah i don't know dude just use chat gpt you don't need to exactly. go steal that stuff or at least i'll find and replace yeah so uh my prediction for lamar for yeah yeah what do you think lamar ends up i think he sits out all of next year he just says no to 43 million dollars yes whatever it is yep 32 million uh, I believe he just sits out. Wow. That would be bold. And that's the other well, thing, too. Because makes, like Lamar Jackson cost himself, already cost himself money. He just continued to cost himself cost some money. It's it's frustrating. It's frustrating. And it's the reason I'm going that route with my prediction is because he is so unpredictable because yeah. he doesn't have an agent. So he didn't – you know that in the NFL, there's a rule that the, your agent can only charge you 3% of your contract. Right. To, to keep – them for taking advantage of players, right? Sure, so yeah. no one's taking advantage of him. Three yeah. percent of of that money is a small amount. Three percent of two hundred million dollars, Josh, is a small amount. I mean, it's a nice It's a nice. Trust me, it's a nice number. I'll take a half percent of that. Yeah, it's a nice number, but but we're talking about this agent, much money. Your agent's probably going to make you that three percent. Well, he probably already would have, right? Right. I mean, Lamar's losing money on this deal. Correct. Um. But so yeah, but yeah, you're right. That's the thing that makes Lamar so likable. Like I loved when he was tweeting responses to the people yesterday. Like that was cool, Lamar. Like I, but Lamar is cool, but Lamar is also like his own cat, and that makes him unpredictable. And that's both the good and the bad with Lamar. Yeah, there's good and bad of Lamar. Yeah, and it's it's yeah, it, he's got a little too many yes men around him. I, I don't know about his inner circle. 
and I don't care. I don't care about the other stuff. I know. I know. This. All I, I care know. about is I love watching him play, and I yeah, want exactly them to do whatever wanna, it wanna... takes. To... Josh, do you know there's so many teams who, I mean, you just look at the Colts when they had Peyton Manning, and then since Peyton Manning, you know, it's been a. I mean, they had your luck for a little bit, and then it's been just a total kind of hole there. You just see these franchises. Look at the Redskins. I mean, the Washington Commanders. It's just a. It's so hard to find a consistently good elite quarterback. There's so few of them. And the fact that we could lose one, also the most exciting player in, in football. Yeah. I, I just I'm I'm really not happy about it. Not happy about it. I don't care. I don't care whose fault it is. I'm just not happy about the results here. No. But I am happy that the uh commanders look like they're gonna be sold to new ownership. Sure. So it's all good to get bad owners out of out of sports. Sure, sure. I agree with that. Um, because Dan Snyder has a lot of skeletons in his closet. The problem is Peter Angelus doesn't have enough skeletons in his closet. He's a bad owner, yeah. but I don't there's been no, you know, there's been no, you know, sexual assault stuff. There's been yeah. no shady dealings. No, like there's no, no weird team calendars where yeah, you're letting uh season ticket holders check in on the girls while they're changing or whatever that yeah, was. Yeah, in the yeah, there's no cheerleader nonsense. Like Peter Angelo seems to be on the up and up with his stuff, which is um, a fortunate, right? Like good, but also a little unfortunate because yeah. that's really how how you force an owner out. Or like, like you know, if you say one racist thing, he's gone. So like, you just have to ca- maybe capture John saying one racist thing, then we get him out of here. <laughs> well, first but, we have to capture John but, saying something. Yeah, we're well, talking about John here. Um, you're talking about Peter. Yeah, yeah, but. true. All right, so what's your prediction with Lamar? Uh, I think he's. I think he plays for the Ravens next year. How many games? I think he plays all games. <laughs> all games. All, all games. You're all games. Cool. All games. Is it seventeen now? Uh, yeah, all games. Yeah, it's they made it eighteen yet? It's just a matter of time. Um, yeah, no, I think no plus playoffs. So like you know, twenty one or whatever it is to get to the Super Bowl. Oh, okay, you think he gets his Super Bowl? Yeah, and wins it. So all that's right. my prediction. All right. Hey, we got a new. Uh, as I mentioned this morning, earlier, I say this morning, as I mentioned an hour It's been a long episode. Yeah. On the podcast, we got a new review over on iTunes. Okay. From Boo to Boom, in light of the recently poorly worded and constructed reviews based entirely on a flawed perspective and fueled by that same cranky attitude that makes the DMV so painful and is often the person who goes to express checkout lines at the grocery stores with more than 10 items, like uh, Jay Gibbons. I would like to exercise my right of free speech and express how wonderful the 336 show and host are. I've been following for five years and enjoyed the highs and more frequently lows of being an O's fan. I appreciate what the boys from 336 do and how much they do as a free service for the Birdland community. If you're so upset at the quality of such a service that you would take time out of your life to give them a one-star review, reevaluate your life. Perhaps you're actually supposed to be a Boston or Phillies fan. Huge mm. hat tip to the boys. Keep up the good work. Wow, that was a long, specific uh, response. That was a compliment, and also shots fired at Jay Gibbons. Uh, yes. I appreciate you, sir. Thank you for those words. So, thank you. Continue to send us reviews over on iTunes. Like I said, uh, the Orioles are good, which means everybody wants to do a podcast. So uh, you can show your appreciation for us and the ten years we've been going with a review over on iTunes. That's right. You can listen to the other ones. That's fine. It's sometimes good to go listen to other ones, so then you realize how great we really are at this. Yeah. Is that, 
You tell your wife the same thing. Sometimes I got to go out with other girls just to know, show how much I love you. Yeah. No, I, I was thinking of this, but in terms of Emily, going back to the Grace Rodriguez thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I think it's it's fine. To, I think Emily would realize too how good she has it if she did that. But but like I, Emily got mad at me the other day because she bought some sort of um, pastry um, okay. at at the local bakery here. All right. And I, I was eating breakfast and I was going to make myself some oatmeal. And Emily said, hey, listen, I, I bought you this pastry. And I said, you know, Emily, I'm not going to eat it. I'm kind of in the mood for oatmeal. So I made myself oatmeal. And Emily who got really mad who, at me. Rightfully so. Who chooses oatmeal over a pastry? I was in the mood for some kind of hearty meal, not a, some little sugary pastry thing. Pastry. I was in the mood. I had a big day ahead of me. I needed a hearty good oatmeal to get me through the day. Um, and Emily blew up and got really mad at me. Yeah, because you turned down a fresh pastry for oatmeal. But you, you know, know what's still argument, gonna you know what's still gonna be fresh three weeks from now that oatmeal. Yeah, well, listen, the oat, I, I'm a, I like oatmeal. I put a little peanut butter in there; it gets me going throughout the course of the day. But it's it's that thing with Michael Elias where people really aren't mad at Grace Rodriguez, and she really wasn't mad about the oatmeal. It's something deeper in there that's been stirring a little bit to make her blow up about the pastry, oh, really? and that's what I think would happen with the Michael Elias stuff. Oriole fans are irritated about all the other stuff that's been going on around the Orioles for the past I, several years. And it's just blowing up in this thing that really doesn't warrant being blown up at. But we're just mad about the other stuff. That was mad. the analogy I wanted to make all with right. Grayson Rodriguez and the wife. And you just reminded me. I, I disagree about the pastry. But I do agree that. What do you think is worth getting blown up? Uh, you think it's worth getting really mad and yelling over a pastry? Uh, no, it's never worth no, nothing. But I'm still going to take Emily's eat the pastry. It's another pastry for her. I would have been happy. If I Emily, bought pastries and someone else didn't want it, it'd be another pastry for me. I'd be happy about it. Emily, you can get me any pastries. I'll eat them. Um, but I would say the, I do think you have a point with the Grace Rodriguez stuff. People are all upset. But it's really because they're upset the Orioles did nothing this offseason. Yeah, and they're upset that the Orioles... So the whole offseason, we were telling them, hey, don't worry, we didn't do anything, but we have Grayson to start the season. Yeah, they're mad about takeoff. They're mad yes. about how this takeoff... Liftoff, liftoff. Oh, liftoff. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, takeoff. Liftoff. Yeah, they're, they're mad about how, how the, the liftoff has gone. Yeah. Um, and Grayson kind of falls into their narrative of of service time and cheap and all this other stuff, which... I mean, we have some good reason to believe. So this just kind of fits into that narrative. Right. If you want it to fit in there. Correct. So, all right. But Josh, we're we're, we're optimistic. Let, let's get the season going. Open the day tomorrow. Let's go. I'm so excited that baseball starts tomorrow. I figure I have to make sure I can watch the game. But Yeah, I got it. That two o'clock uh, starts tricky. Yeah. You have MLB TV? Uh, I think in the past I've used your account. I'm probably going to try to do that again. All right, let me see if I can get you a uh, account set up through T-Mobile. Okay. So, because they always cover mine. Yep, and I usually steal yours, so that's how that works. Yep. yep. All right, boys and girls, thanks for listening to another episode of Section Three Three Six. Like Josh said, go to iTunes and write us a review. We appreciate those. You can also follow us on Twitter for all our Orioles takes. You can follow me at Section Three Three Six. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Soroka and at Birdland Sports. If you want to help out with that booth, hit me up. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's.